Hey folks, you know what? A small regret is slouching in the dentist chair thinking I should have brushed and flossed better. A big health regret is listening to your doctor and thinking I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. I have that regret a lot. Better health today and when it matters most is why I take Field of Greens. Field of Greens is unlike any fruit and vegetable or green product. Field of Greens isn't watered down extracts. Field of Greens is an organic superfood. It's whole fruits and vegetables. Each fruit and vegetable was selected by doctors to support vital body functions like heart, liver, kidneys, metabolism, and of course, your immune system. And only Field of Greens is backed by a better health promise. At your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or you're gonna get your money back. Don't look back and say, I should have paid attention to nutrition when I was younger. Field of Greens is a key to better health today, right now, and when it matters most. Let's get you started with 15% off and free shipping. All you got to do is visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS at checkout. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Hello, America. And welcome to a new edition of John Solomon Reports. So this is from our Just the News, Scott Rasmussen poll. Scott Rasmussen, one of the most trusted pollsters, has got 2016 right, got 2020 right in his polling predictions. Um, In this new poll, nearly 60% of voters oppose slavery reparations payments, slavery reparation payments for black Americans. 60%. Now, as you know, the Biden administration is some... Democrats in Congress are pushing ahead with that. Well, we found 60% of Americans, just under 60%, a pretty large majority, oppose it in less than, uh, I think it's about 31%, less than 32% of Americans favor it in some form. So it's not yet been sold to the American people. In fact, there appears to be pretty large um, opposition to it. So Important uh, topic. Listen, this is the issue of race comes up. It came up in the Harry and Meghan interview, the Royals interview with um, uh, over the weekend. That's caused a lot of uh, hubbub around the world. But here in America, while we're dealing with issues of race and it comes up every day, whether it's in the police uh, community relations and the Derek Chauvin trial that's going on right now in Minneapolis, uh, these are important issues. But on one point, of uh, one idea that Democrats have, liberal Democrats particularly have, uh, the idea of making taxpayer-funded reparation payments to African Americans. There does not seem to be majority well, in fact, quite quite a uh, small number, less than 32% uh, don't support it. 12% don't know, but even if you take those who uh, uh, support it and don't know, it's still well below the total amount that uh, oppose it. Nearly 60% of Americans oppose it. Important poll, important idea. We're keeping an eye on that for you. We try to poll these issues every day so that you have the very latest to pursue and uh, know what's going on. It's great to measure American sentiments. Obviously, it's a snapshot. Things can change. But right now, if you hear mainstream media, the New York Times and the CNNs and the MSNBCs of the world saying, hey, this is on the fast track. It's going, it's going. Guess what? at least in the minds of Americans, uh, this is not a winning issue. It's not something that a majority of Americans yet support. So those who want to bring reparation payments to fruition, they've got some public relations and education work they have to do if they want to succeed. Of course, Democrats have a majority rule in all parts of the government here in Washington, the White House, the uh, Senate, the House. But 
they still got some work to do. This is clearly what this poll shows. All right, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, State Representative Steve Johnson uh, with the latest on the growing nursing home COVID-19 scandal in the state of Michigan and with Governor Gretchen Whitmer's administration. We're going to get to it right after the commercial break. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And as promised, a very special guest, someone on the front lines of what I think is the next burgeoning scandal for Democrats, Governor Whitmer and her nursing home uh, deaths. She doesn't want to give up the data, just like Andrew Cuomo. And we have someone right on the front lines of this, State Representative Steve Johnson from the great Allegheny County, I believe it is, right, Uh, is joining us. Uh, Representative Johnson, good to have you on the show. Yes, happy beyond. Allegan County. Allegan, I, I, I knew that. I should know that I spent 20 years in Wisconsin. I should know it. <laughs> I just got to get my glasses fixed. Uh, yeah. So, well, welcome to the show. And uh, uh, first off, why don't you give us a state of where things are? We had a story this morning looking at Robert Gordon. I want to turn to that in a second. But uh, the legislature is really starting to dig in on COVID-19 policy, Whitmer and these nursing home deaths. Yeah, so I'm the chair of the oversight committee here in Michigan in the House, and we started to really do an investigation into the nursing home deaths, right? You saw in New York with Governor Cuomo, where they're actually hiding those numbers from the Department of Justice. Now, Michigan, we were following those same guidelines where they were forcing COVID patients into nursing homes. There's only a few governors that did that. Governor Cuomo's one, Governor Whitmer was one as well. So we started digging in when we heard what happened in New York to say, hey, are we having the same problem here? And so we asked those questions to the department and they said, hey, uh, we're counting the numbers just fine. You need to trust us. Well, I, I don't really exactly trust departments that much. So we said, can you actually <laughs> get us a better breakdown? You know, can you actually show us where these numbers are coming from? How many are actually in nursing homes versus those admitted to hospitals? You know, right. That's where the Cuomo administration was hiding them. And then they stopped talking to us. They won't answer those questions. So we, hosted, we had a hearing, and we invited the department to come and testify to answer to a lot of these questions, and they refused to testify. And we put out a, a public list of questions we had for them, and instead of answering that and sharing the data, what they told us was, hey, we have the best data out there. We're doing everything right. Um, but they didn't share it with us. Now, I don't know about you, but if I had the best data out there, I wouldn't go around bragging about it. I would just show people yeah, you. Show, put your money where your mouth is and show people the data, right? Exactly. But it seems like they're trying to hide something here. Well, then a few days later, we find out that the former director, Robert Gordon, got this $155,000 payout to remain silent about his time there. I mean, you, you just start to follow all these pieces here and looking like they're trying to hide something. Now, now, that's a big number, right? Uh, uh, that's more than his annual salary, correct? I think it's nine months of his annual salary. Nine months of his annual right. salary. Okay, yeah. 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 
Um, so, and that's the thing, you know, why, what are you trying to hide? You know, we, we know that there's severances with, with low level bureaucrats. We understand how, you know, in the private sector, severances happen. There's non-disclosure agreements. Um, that, that's kind of standard HR practice. But when you're talking about the head director, all right, you're talking the, the top director of health director in a health pandemic. And you're saying, hey, uh, you're resigning, but actually you'd probably fired, but you're not allowed to talk about that. We're going to, we're going to put a gag order on you. Um, you know, that's taxpayer money being spent on that. That should never happen. Yeah, it's really remarkable. And uh, do we have any more insight? Have you, as your committee with the subpoena powers, other things, any more insight as to why they needed the confidentiality agreement? Why uh, a public servant needed such a large uh, parachute payment to, to leave government? No, actually, instead, what happened is the governor, when asked about it, said she bristled at the, uh, the thought that that's what we were trying to imply, that they're trying to hide something, and said, oh, no, this is just very common. Uh, which I assure you, it is not common with department directors. Um, just not common whatsoever. And, and furthermore, these agreements only became public because of the work of a really good, dedicated journalist that really did some yeah. deep digging and FOIA requests. If this was such a common occurrence, then why were they out in the open of, hey, this is what we did? Instead, they tried to hide those agreements as well. Remarkable. So, I mean, they're trying to hide something. Yeah, and uh, transparency is always the best uh, panacea in these solutions, and it seems like the Whitmer administration is really having a hard time. Now, at some point, Robert Gordon gave some testimony uh, last fall, basically acknowledging that the public numbers about nursing home deaths were an undercount. Uh, what can you tell us about that, and how does that you know, in, influence or, or inform the investigation that you're all doing? Well, that, that's exactly it. We have to understand what are these numbers? What are they actually properly reporting? Uh, you know, when I go back and I reference that letter that the department gave to us, instead of testifying where they bragged about how great their data was, they, they talked about how closely they were working with the CDC and how closely they're following the CDC guidelines. Yet when you go and look at the CDC's website on the number of nursing home deaths in Michigan, it is off by thousands of numbers compared to the state of Michigan's website saying how many nursing home deaths there are. So you're telling me that you are doing, you're working with the CDC very closely, yet your numbers aren't even close to being the same. But there's a lot of things that just don't add up. And there might be a good explanation for that. But then they should come in the committee and actually explain that. Yeah. They've had they've had these questions for, I think, over two weeks now. Wow. And they have, they have nothing. They refuse to answer these questions. And they've turned down some open records requests for journalists who asked for the, the real data. Um, when you look at the gap uh, between the CDC data, which the CDC collects usually directly from the facilities, uh, and what the state has been reporting, uh, what do you think it tells you? Can you, can you tell where the, I don't want to call it funny math, but where, where the Whitmer administration has been undercounting uh, these deaths? Once again, we don't know. And that, yeah. That's the big question. There's a lot of there's inconsistencies, and without the administration actually being transparent and actually trying to show us what's going on here, we're not going to know. Um, uh, and you know, truthfully, if I'm the governor and I think I'm doing everything right and everything's above board, I should want to know why these things aren't adding up. Yeah. But instead, they don't do that. Uh, you know, I think they would save themselves a lot of grief if they would just be open and show us what's going on here, unless they're trying to hide something. And the longer this goes on, the more I'm starting to think they're trying to hide something. 
Yeah, no, that's uh, that's the, the sense that a lot of people that I talk to in Michigan these days are, are getting. Uh, now, as a, a chairman of an important, one of the most important committees in Michigan, uh, what um, what do you what mechanisms do you have now to try to compel Governor Whitmer or her administration to do something? Can you go to court? Can you um, uh, find her in contempt? Do you go to a prosecutor? What what sort of thing should be the next step if if she continues to say, uh, "I'm not going to comply." I think the next step is uh, we are having conversations with the Speaker of the House uh, to have a resolution passed in the House granting the Oversight Committee subpoena power and for us to use that subpoena power to first try to subpoena Director Gordon um, to have him come in and answer these questions. So we are going down the route right now of asking for that subpoena power. We've invited Director Gordon to come before our committee. We want to do things voluntarily if possible, but it's been a week and he still hasn't. So I think at this point, it's time for us to go down the, the road of issuing a subpoena. Yeah, that seems like the next step. And um, are there any, uh, I know there's been some frustration with Republican uh, Republicans in the state that, that the attorney general hasn't stepped up and tried to resolve this issue. In New York, a Democratic attorney general, Letitia James, stepped into her job and, and, forced, and, and, uh, and forced the disclosure of the fact that Cuomo had really uh, undercounted nursing home deaths there by a significant margin. Um, in the absence of the, first off, tell me what you think about the attorney general's effort on this in your own state. And then if she doesn't do anything, are there local prosecutors that the lawmakers like you can turn to, to try to, to get, uh, information or the truth to the American public? So our attorney general here in Michigan is very, very liberal. Um, and in this whole issue, you know, that's obviously the concern we have is, is she just trying to protect her fellow Democrat governor here or, or what's going on? Because we've heard pretty much nothing from her. Uh, she's been very quiet, not taking much of a stand on any of these issues. Um, really, to me, not doing the job that an attorney general should do when you have something this major that you're seeing in another state play out in quite a tremendous fashion. Why is the attorney general here just being quiet and not doing much? So I don't know what, what she's doing. Uh, as far as what other options we have, there is a Macomb County prosecutor, Pete Lucido, that he is beginning an investigation from his position. And I'm not a lawyer. I'm not sure exactly what you can do as a county prosecutor versus a state attorney general. But my guess is he's going to do everything he can. Uh, this is an issue that he's really been laser focused on and making sure that justice is done for people. Yeah, that sounds like a, a great avenue. I understand he made an announcement today. So that's a an important development that we got to keep an eye on. I'd love to pivot for a second because I know you've done a lot of great work on on the nursing homes, but also uh, there was a lot of uh, fallout after the election uh, in 2020 in many states about how loose maybe some of the rules got on absentee ballots, voter ID, those sort of things. And I'd love, because uh, our audience is always interested and we know that from the constitution that the state legislature is the most important power on this. What is there anything going on in the legislature in Michigan to change or improve uh, the way people vote after the lessons that we learned in, in 2020? So yeah, a couple of things actually moved through the house yesterday, you know, requiring that anyone who their, their date of birth seems far too old to actually, actually be alive anymore. Uh, but yet they're on the voter rolls requiring that they be mailed a notice that they have to confirm that they still are who they are. And if not, they're going to be removed from the voter rolls. And as well with anyone who hasn't voted since 2000, we're talking 20 years, you haven't voted, um, even though it's far easier to vote. And I think there's 
several hundred thousand people on that list. They probably don't actually live in Michigan anymore. Wow. Uh, so that they're sent notices, and if they don't respond, that they're removed from the voter roll. So trying to clean up the voter roll. And then we also had legislation in the Judiciary Committee on Tuesday that stated if you are knowingly and intentionally committing fraud with absentee ballots, that that's a felony instead of a misdemeanor, trying to heighten those penalties because you have to really have trust in the political system here. Uh, we can't have it where you can just get away with not, you know, and not say get away, there's still a misdemeanor, but it's a, a minor charge compared to a felony when you're knowingly and intentionally committing fraud. Uh, and that passed out of committee, I believe, of party lines. I believe the only Republicans voted yes on that. No kidding. You would think that everyone would be in agreement yeah. that when you are trying to undermine our democratic process, that there's going to be substantial penalties there. Yeah, no, that's it. In fact, you look at polling data and, and Americans overwhelmingly uh, not only oppose voter fraud, but they want those protections like voter ID. I think we had a poll here at Just the News, and it was 60 or 70 percent of Americans said that they uh, supported stronger, strong voter ID laws. And so that's really interesting that that uh, there's not more bipartisanship on the issue. Uh, when you turn now to uh, the aftermath of COVID, because it looks like we're hopefully uh, on the back end of this pandemic, what are some of the biggest lessons learned? Republicans have been, you know, uh, really uh, starting to highlight the gaps in the public science, the bad advice that we got, uh, the, maybe that the lockdowns were worse cure than than the uh, the disease itself. Do you think in the legislature, are, are there things that uh, Michigan lawmakers feel like they've learned and want to tinker with in the public policy in case, God forbid, we have another pandemic like we just had? I think the major thing is we can't allow one person this type of control that they can actually shut down the state. The, the legislature has to be involved. And instead, you have the health department making laws. Well, that's the executive branch. Lawmaking is reserved for the legislative branch. And for whatever reason, when you're in a health pandemic, they seem to think that they get to write the laws for the state of Michigan. You know, the, the department director was never elected. They didn't have to go talk to constituents. They never had to talk to a restaurant owner before they shut them down. Uh, so I think that the key takeaway here is we need to restore the people's voice. And that's through the legislative branch. That is the branch that is most closely connected to the people. And they have been completely ignored and really without representation with the way that the current system has broken down, where one unelected bureaucrat calls the entire shot for the entire state of Michigan. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, that's what makes our legislature so important to the everyday citizen, because that's where the, uh, our founding fathers intended that power to lie. Last question, because I know you're real busy, got to get back to work. Um, 2022 is coming around, there'll be a big election, the Michigan governor's um, seat is one of the pro more uh, prominent elections next year. What is the state of Michigan politics? Uh, uh, and what do you see being the issues upon which the next election will turn in that, in that great state? You know, Michigan truly is a, a purple state. Uh, you know, it can go any way, any election. But I think what you're going to see is, I think you're going to see a swing towards uh, the conservative values because so many people have been affected by these shutdown orders, whether it's students that were not allowed to go to school, business owners that were closed down for months, people that are trying to get unemployment benefits but couldn't because of the complete mismanagement of the agency. Uh, and then also you look at what's going at the federal level where the Democrats have complete power and they have just tried to hit every one of their liberal dreams. Um, this huge shift to the left that the Democrat Party has taken does not 
align with the vast majority of people in Michigan. So I think you're going to see a, a turn back towards the right here in Michigan. I, I think the governor's her reelection is obviously always tough to, to beat an incumbent, but I think she's probably as, as vulnerable as ever to losing. Yeah, that's uh, it's going to be a closely watched uh, race all across the country, not just in Michigan, but I, I suspect all across the country. Well, Representative Johnson, I want to thank you for all that you do and uh, also for coming on the show and help us make sense of all these issues. We're watching this Michigan case uh, closely, particularly the COVID-19 nursing home deaths. And uh, we'll be looking forward to more of your work and hopefully have you back on the show as as your investigation proceeds. Well, happy to. Thanks, John. All right, sir. Have a great day and thanks again. All right, you as well. All right, folks, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Bite. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset, hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. And I'm sorry to report that this is about the time we have to wrap things up. I love talking with you. I I love the interview we did today. We learned a lot of news from uh, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee in Michigan, State Representative Steve Johnson. A lot of great answers to elections, to um, the COVID-19 nursing home, uh, election rules, access, tightening up the rules, a lot learned in the purple but very important state of Michigan. And we want to thank uh, Representative Johnson for taking the time to get us up to speed and educate us. All right. Now, before you go, I want to uh, shout out somebody that I've just grown to appreciate. The more we hear about the uncertainty in our economy, is this growth in the stock market the last few weeks a bubble about to burst? Is inflation about to come this way? Is China going to pull the rug out from under the American currency as the global standard? Um, uh, Will we see uh, the negative effects? Will this COVID-19 $1.9 trillion bill that uh, President Biden's about to sign and that uh, he'll talk about tonight in a nationally televised address to the country. Will it um, force inflationary pressures, particularly you see gas prices up? Heck, I paid 50 or 60 percent, 50 or 60 cents more per gallon uh, this past week than I had back in December. A lot of lot of concerns about that, the impact of a new regulatory regime by the Democrats in Congress and in the White House. So I worry about the economy, and I'm always looking for ways. How do I protect my investments, my retirement funds, other things that I have that I don't want to see 
take a beating if the mar markets take a downturn. Well, guess what? Right now, thanks to a little-known IRS tax, so you can move your IRA or your eligible 401k plan to an IRA-backed physical gold and silver account. How do you do that? Well, you do it with my friends at Birch Gold. It's a perfect solution. They have the perfect solution, if you ask me, to protect your hard-earned retirement savings for any more uncertainty or downturns in the stock market. We've had some big ones, big corrections in the last two decades as I started building my 401k. And these guys at Birch Gold, they know how to satisfy their customers. They've got countless five-star reviews. They got an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. And so what are they offering just the news followers? Well, the answer is they give it, they're willing to give you a free info kit on physical precious metals and how you can diversify into gold uh, to protect your uh, re retirement. Uh, maybe get an IRA, IRA backed by physical gold and silver. It's a 20-page kit. It's easy to do. It'll give you another option uh, to consider in your investment strategy as you look at your retirement, as you look at the market, as you look at these warnings, block clouds, even Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary for Biden, the former Treasury Secretary for Bill Clinton, Larry Summers, issuing some warnings about inflation and other uh, potential economic concerns. And, you know, when you see that, I know I do. I want to get conservative. I want to be safe. I don't want to ruin a penny of the money I've already earned uh, for my, my wife and my son in our retirement. So you get your no cost, no obligation kit real simply. Here's what you do. You go to birchgold.com. That's B-I-R-C-H, birchgold.com slash just the news. Made a special page just for us. Now that's pretty cool, right? And for a limited time, you can see how you qualify for up to 10,000 in free precious metals on a purchase. And you can get this 20 page kit. When you're done reading it, you're gonna know everything you need to know to make a good informed decision. Uh, my friends at Birch Gold Group, they're the best. They really have things covered. This kit is so easy to understand. I didn't even know. I've been saving for 30 years for my retirement. Had no idea that you can put uh, an IRA uh, backed by physical gold and silver. You can move your 401k if it's eligible. Uh, really great option. These guys do it. They do it as a gold standard, as the best. And uh, if you're looking to do that, here's what you do. Birch Gold, B-I-R-C-H, gold.com just the news slash just the news you go birchgold.com slash just the news you're there you get your kit you might qualify for up to ten thousand in free gold and free precious metals really great offer just for just the news fans for reading us and keeping up on all of these turns and twists in the american economy check them out today birchgold.com slash just the news you're not going to be disappointed i did it I'm so much smarter about this issue than I was just a few weeks ago. And I got to thank my good friends at Birch Gold for doing that for me and my wife, my family. A lot of, lot of things to learn uh, in a very simple 20-page kit. All right, that wraps it up for the day. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm sure we'll be breaking some new news. We'll have some great guests. We'll wrap up a busy week with uh, some things to talk about for the weekend. All right, until then, may God bless you. May God bless this great country, as he always has. Have a great night. Remember... If you're looking for a quick news fix, where do you go? You got it. Justthenews.com. We'll keep you covered there all the time. You've been listening to the John Solomon Reports podcast at justthenews.com.